BridgeBank helps breakthrough ideas actually break through and remains dedicated to providing financial solutions to those committed to leveraging innovation to make the world a better place. BridgeBank, a division of Western Alliance Bank. BridgeBank. Be bold. Venture wisely. Hey there, this is Brittany Luce from NPR's It's Been a Minute. KQED's podcasts like The Bay, Bay Curious, Mind Shift, Right Nowish, and more all tell the stories of the Bay and beyond with reliable, human-centered journalism. They aim to inspire, make you think, entertain, and expand your understanding of the place you call home. Here's how you can support podcasting at KQED. Showing your support is easy, and you can join Brittany in supporting KQED Podcast too at donate.kqed.org slash podcast. That's donate.kqed.org slash podcast. From KQED. On today's California Report magazine, Oakland, the birthplace of political movements, a new frontier for tech, home to a rich art scene and a championship basketball team. But one thing residents still have to deal with, the city's high murder rate. Today, we'll hear the stories behind those numbers. They were mothers, fathers, sons, brothers. I was just talking to myself like, I can't believe that my brother is really dead. I'm calm, but I'm, I'm amped in the same note, like a bottle of soda. We'll learn about one man's quest to bring Oakland's murder rate down to under 80 killings a year. Stop killing my kids. I went to each corner on a stoplight yelling, stop killing my kids. We're devoting our whole show this week to a documentary from our friends at Snap Judgment, the storytelling podcast and national radio show produced in Oakland. I'm Sasha Coca, and this is the California Report magazine. Your state, your stories. It's New Year's Eve 2016. I'm at St. Columba Church in Oakland. Outside, a group of people circle around the lawn. In the garden, there's over 80 slim white wooden crosses. And on each cross, written in marker, is a name, an age, and a date of death. First is Carlos. His date of death, January 9th. Dimitri. January 20th. They stand for Oakland's homicide victims this year. Today, each name will be read and each cross pulled up from the ground. That's Adiza Egan. She's a producer at Snap Judgment. And I'm proud to say she's a former colleague of ours here on the California Report magazine. Today, she's going to walk us through a special episode of Snap that she helped produce. It's called Counted, an Oakland Story. Heads up that this story deals with violence and death, so just keep that in mind if you're listening with kids. Hey there, Adiza. Hey, Sasha. So what gave you guys the idea to document the story behind every homicide in Oakland? So it all started with the church. St. Columba is on San Pablo Avenue in Oakland, and this is a really busy street. Um, I pass it on the way to the grocery store. The crosses are very visible. And so we at SNAP wanted to know more about the names that were on the crosses. And also, 
our show is produced in Oakland. So these homicides are happening in our backyard. So beginning January 1st, 2017, we decided to reach out to the families and friends of each homicide victim. And one of the first people we met was Daryl Allums. These are all my kids. Every one of these names being read is my kids. I'm their father. I'm their uncle. I'm their street father. They didn't have to die. We found Daryl carrying a little rolling cart outside a church in West Oakland. In his cart, he had three poster boards taped with pictures of kids who were killed in Oakland. I grew up deep east Oakland, 96, Birch Hollow in Sunnyside Park. I love Oakland, man. You know, I, I remember coming up and going to the house parties. We dancing all night and stuff and, and kicking it to like 10, 11, and everybody walking home together in a group. You know what I mean? We stayed kind of close. You know, the hood took care of us. Last year, Daryl lost seven members of his family to violence. Here we go again. Bang, bang, boogie, bang, bang, boogie. Not this one. I'm up here. So I decided that um, I was going to try to decrease the homicides in Oakland. I started on 9 on MacArthur with one poster board. It had six pictures on there. And then another poster board I had marked on there. Stop killing my kids. I went to each corner on a stoplight yelling, Stop killing my kids. Stop killing my kids. I'm the man with the purple head on the corner 9 on MacArthur. Stop killing my kids. So when I first started doing this, Man, my street family, my church family, man, I mean, my sandbox friends, even my damn pastor thought I was crazy. I did a video on 94th and Peach Street, and less than 24 hours, it, it went viral. And a lot of people started following. So Daryl's that guy on the street corner. Some people honk their horns at him. Some people roll up their windows. I'm here. Today, tomorrow... Sunday, I'm here. I'm trying to decrease the homicides. We got to go under 80, man. Got to. Clap it up, clap it up, clap it up. I need to hear it. Say stop. Stop. Killing. Killing. On. Our. Kids. Kids. Stop. Stop. Killing. Killing. On. Our. Kids. Kids. Clap it up, clap it up, clap it up, clap it up. So, Adiza, four days after that ceremony at the church in January, you guys find out about the first murder of the year. Yeah. His name was Devontae Thomas, and he was 21 years old. And he left behind his eight-month-old son. And one of the things that was really important for me was to have young people in Oakland telling this story. Because there are so many people who are ages 18 to 24 who've lost a lot of their friends. So one of the people... I met along the way was a young woman named Amani. My name is Amani Foster, and um, I'm from East Oakland, California. I'm 21 years old. I never had to describe myself before. This is weird. Um, I'm black, <laughs> unapologetically black. Um, I'm goofy, obviously. So Amani actually knew Devante. 
he was friends with her brother, and they were all really close. And after Devante died, she was worried for her brother Darnell. And then, one month later... My little sister called my phone, and she like, Monty. I'm like, what's up? They're saying that Darnell just got shot, like, on 65th. I just instantly told my auntie, like, we got to go to 65th now. So my cousin, she's asking me, like, what's going on? What's going on? I don't want to say, oh, my brother just got shot because I feel like it's going to make everything worse, you know, like, just for him. Like, you feel me? I feel like he going to feel it. Like, damn, ain't nobody got no hope for me. Everybody started panicking or whatever. So we pushing it to the 60s, but I'm, I'm socking my auntie car windows and hella Like, I'm tripping up in there because I'm like, they're not driving fast enough. And my little sister keep calling me. I'm ignoring her phone calls because it's like, I don't want to hear the wrong thing. And lo and behold, I answered the phone and she like, where you at? Because they're saying like he's unconscious. So we pull up, not even to the scene. We pull up like, what, two blocks, like, away? And I just bounced out the car. I had on some red stilettos. And I must have slipped off them shoes so fast and I slipped my Crocs on and I start running down the street in my Crocs. Like, I'm like, I gotta get down there. Like, I gotta get down there to see him. Like, if anything, like, I have to be the one. It's an anxiety kind of feeling. Like, it's like a feeling that runs through your body to where it's like your nerves, even your nerves are confused. You know, and that's why your blood rushes like that, because it's like, I'm calm, but I'm, I'm amped in the same note, like a bottle of soda. I was just talking to myself like, I can't believe that my brother is really dead. I just broke down on my knees and I was telling God I was sorry and I was telling my brother I was sorry in the same note because it's like I felt like I could have held you, you know, and let you know, like, at least if you're going to go, you see somebody that you feel comfortable with. Darnell was the fifth homicide of Oakland, California this year. Darnell was shot over 10 times. And the man who police charged with his murder who witnesses say was responsible for the shooting, was not a stranger. He was really good friends with Darnell. He called him his brother. I never felt safe in Oakland. Like, this is East Oakland. You could never get too comfortable out here because anything can happen at any point in time. So, Adiza, you got to spend a lot of time with this family. You got to know Darnell's mom. Mm -hmm. And his grandmother and siblings. And... You know, months after Darnell was killed, his mom bought a cake and invited the whole family over, and they had a birthday party for him. Cake time. Real fast, let's say happy birthday. Okay, it's mommy. birthday. We miss you, Dee. We love you. Uh, mommy gonna always love you and mourn you. All, every day of my life. It ain't gonna, don't nothing stop. We gonna celebrate you forever, every day. It was big 23rd. I know if he was here right now, he'd think this was the biggest thing on earth right now. <laughs> 23 Thank you, but still a baby. Thank you, everybody, for coming. You know, it's, it's amazing. You, 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 you see them born, you raise them, you help raise them, and then, uh, you know. Happy birthday to you. Happy birthday to you. Happy birthday to you. Happy bir
You're listening to a special edition of the California Report magazine, a collaboration with Snap Judgment. This week, we're hearing some of Counted, an Oakland story, which is a podcast documentary about the stories behind each homicide that took place in Oakland last year. Along with Adiza Egan, one of the co-hosts of the documentary is Daryl Allams, and he spends most of his days on the streets of East Oakland working to get the homicide number under 80. Guns up off the streets. Increase the peace. Take these guns up off the streets. What do I say to people that say protesting, holding up signs, don't do? We gotta be on our kids every damn day. We gotta break this cycle. What do you mean by that? In some ways, there is no typical homicide victims in Oakland. We got old people. Young people, black, white, Asian, men and women. But to be honest with you, the majority of victims, the young black men from East Oakland, they dying from revenge killings. So can you break this down? How do revenge killings fit into this cycle? A lot of murders in Oakland go unsolved. And then you got the revenge part. When the other killer get killed, and then the next killer get killed, and then the next killer get killed, and it's like they're wiping each other out. So how do you stop the cycle? Uh, Miss Mildred, she worked the liquor store at Leeds Market when I came up, and, 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 and when I was in the streets, she see me acting stupid, she sucked me upside my head and didn't tell my mama. You know, we all gotta be like Miss Mildred. Basically, you want to stop revenge killings by asking people to be accountable for each other. Got to go back to being accountable for each other. So I got this nephew, right? And I'm trying to help him. His father got knocked down in the streets back in the day. He never had a dad. He traumatized from homicide. Now he out in these streets playing with these guns. He robbing people with his friends. I want the whole neighborhood to watch out for him. Is that how we're going to get under 80? I hope so. By mid-March, we had lost 12 people. Valley Bro Hill was 45 years old. He liked to quote scripture and listen to Anita Baker. Justin Sessions. He was the youngest of three, and he wanted to be an environmental engineer. Philip Philo, beaten to death in a park. Then on March 29th, a young man was killed outside of my church in East Oakland. His name was Keith Lawrence, and he was 17 years old, a student at Skyline High School. Keith was shot in a parked car around 10 p.m. at night. I remember trying to reach out to the family to see if they needed any support. And meanwhile, I was getting blown up by my sister. She kept calling my phone, calling my phone. And I finally answered, and when I did answer, she was crying, she was hysterical, she was going crazy. 
And basically what she was explaining to me that my nephew that I've been speaking about, well, he was a young man that killed his friend, Keith Lawrence. Daryl's nephew, the one who he had been mentoring since he was born, shot and killed his friend, Keith Lawrence. He was homicide number 17. This is what Daryl's nephew told him. So the story is told that you have four young men smoking weed, getting high, that has committed a robbery not too long ago. And they were celebrating, listening to music, laughing, and playing with guns. Accidentally, the gun went off and killed this young man. Oh, man, I, I felt so hurt, man. I felt like I let my nephew down because um, this had happened. And all the times, all the conversations and talks that I had with him, it didn't click. So I hung up the phone and I sat there rocking, analyzing the whole situation, the options he had. He had been on the run for two weeks. What's his options? He got to turn himself in. Still nobody want to go to jail. And for you to have to turn your own flesh and blood in, it hurt. One of the hardest things I ever did in life. So it made you want to turn him in? Why I turned him in, some people might say I ruined his life. But I felt I saved his life. You got an African-American little boy, 18 years old. Just turned 18. Armed and dangerous. Hell yeah, the police gonna kill him. He just killed somebody. He's a suspect on the run. My perspective, the only way to win was to turn him in. Now my nephew looking at facing from anything from five to 10 years. So Adiza, at this point, it's the end of spring. What do you guys know about how many people had been killed? By the end of spring, we're at 32. And as summer approaches, Daryl's working a lot more to keep the violence down. In the morning, he's working in between work, at night. He's not sleeping. Because there's usually a lot more murders around the summertime. It's a vehicle versus pedestrian. Uh, with the victim bleeding from the head. So then in August, Dave DePoris is killed. Dave was a folk singer who was known around Oakland. And something we observed while working on this project was that sometimes with homicides, kids die before their parents. And so you have this situation where parents are reflecting back on their kids' lives with unanswered questions. Dave DePoris's father, Gene, was out of the country when he got the news. And he only knew a few details about his son's death. By the time I got to Oakland, I knew that he was sitting in a sidewalk cafe working on his music on his laptop. And someone grabbed the laptop, ran to a waiting getaway car, and my son ran after the car to try to get the laptop back because it had his music on it. It had all the things he was working on on it, and somehow was holding onto the guy in the car, and they drove for over 200 yards 
banging him against other cars until he slipped out and was run over by their car and killed. It was the middle of the day, in the middle of the week, in a nice area of Oakland, and that's where my son was killed. When I arrived there, the first thing that happened, a phalanx of David's friends, none of whom I knew existed, befriended and took all of us over and put us up at their houses. I, I realized that my son had a much larger following than I had expected, and they were the people who started telling me all about David and all the things they knew about him. I learned that so much of what I thought I knew about my son was wrong. Parents, when they view their kids, they're always viewing them with an eye towards themselves. When I got to Oakland, I was so impressed with what I've seen with the people, what I've learned about the town. I'm, I'm proud of his humanity and how he was able to build his life around who he wanted to be as a human being. I am the proudest dad in the whole world right now. So by this point, Adiza, we're moving into the fall. What do the numbers look like? Well, by mid-September, we're up to 46 people. At least half were Black, 43 were men, 3 were women, 13 were under the age of 25, and at least two we found out were homeless. And by this time, it's pretty obvious that Daryl's really feeling pressure to keep the homicide rate under 80. It's hard. Taking care of my own kids. Or the moms that can't sleep, that can't eat, that just want me to pray with them because they kid and got killed in the streets. Yeah. Do you want to give up sometimes? A lot. Last week, someone stole my car, had my wheelchair in it, my medication. Man, but the hardest thing was they stole my picture boards of my kids. My kids had lost their life to violence. So I had to redo the poster board over buy a new poster, reprint pictures. It took me back to the killings of them. Like, I, like I don't know if I want to do this anymore. It really messed me up. I have lupus. I land in the damn hospital like twice a month and they telling me to take it easy. I can't. Got lives to say. That's Daryl Allums. He's an activist and co-host of Counted, an Oakland Story, which is a new documentary about the homicides in Oakland last year. Producer Adiza Egan with Snap Judgment is walking us through the story. And in the fall, Adiza, Oakland loses its youngest victim. Yeah. On October 10th, Anibal Ramirez was shot on a park bench in a plaza in deep east Oakland. He was 13 and his family had just moved to Oakland from Guatemala. And you guys got this really moving interview with his school principal. 
Yeah, her name's Ruby Detai, and she was really upset about it. I did cry in front of my students um, just when I was explaining to them that I love them and we're a family and we're going to get through this together. Um, When you work in East Oakland, there is a lot of trauma that is happening on a daily basis, and our kids are coming to school with all of that. He just... He, had a, he has a wonderful family, and they came here with the intentions of doing better. And I can't imagine, you know, because you want, you just want to keep kids safe. He's just a kid. And if you don't remember that, then it's easy to say, oh, you know. I've heard he shouldn't have been outside, or he should have, and it doesn't make it right. He's just a kid. So by now, Adiza, you guys are approaching the end of the year, trying to document all the murders in Oakland for 2017. Yeah. And for most of the year, it seemed like the numbers were way lower than the year before. But then in December, people were shot to death every few days. In one awful week in particular, seven people were shot dead. And so we weren't sure how the final number would compare to 2016. So you go back to the cross ceremony at the church where every year they read the names of all the people killed in Oakland. I'm at St. Columba Catholic Church. It's December 31st, 2017. I'm here again. The first death of uh, 2017, Devante, January 4th. The final number for 2017 is 77. Darnell, February 11th. The number was under 80. It felt like an accomplishment. But still, nothing Daryl could be happy about. A couple lives after I left the um, cross ceremony, I go into the store um, in Oakland, and um, as I'm coming out, all you heard was. So we got down on the ground, got back into the store. I peekaboo out, and no more gunshots. I got, got to my car, and I got up out of there. Was they shooting at me? I don't know. But the gunshots came. But I don't mean that I'm scared. I can't stop the work. The movement got to keep going. If I get knocked down, somebody got to pick the torch up right behind me and keep it going. And we already got somebody in line for that. Thank you so much, Adiza, for walking us through your story. You're very welcome. Thank you for having me. Adiza Egan and Daryl Allums co-hosted the documentary Counted, an Oakland Story, which aired on Snap Judgment, a production of WNYC Studios. Producers who worked on that special include Anne Assessment, Shayna Sheely, Jonathan Jones, Pat Masidi-Miller, Nancy Lopez, Jasmine Aguilera, Eliza Smith, and Pendarvis Harshaw. 
Executive producers for SNAP are Glenn Washington and Mark Ristich. Original music by Pat Masidi-Miller, Leon Morimoto, and Renzo Gorio. You can hear a longer version and see a complete list of names and illustrations of all of Oakland's 2017 homicide victims at oaklandstory.org. The California Report magazine is a production of KQED Public Radio in San Francisco. Our director is Susie Racho. Our engineer is Katie McMurrin, with additional engineering from Rob Spate and Seal Muller. Our senior editor is Victoria Mauleon. The California Report's editorial team also includes Ingrid Becker, Ethan Lindsay, and Holly Kernan. I'm Sasha Coca. Thanks for listening. This is the California Report magazine. Your state, your stories. Support for the California Report comes from Eric and Wendy Schmidt, whose Fund for Strategic Innovation supports transformative ideas that benefit humanity while protecting the natural world, recognizing through science the interdependence of all living systems. The James Irvine Foundation, accepting nominations now for the 2019 James Irvine Foundation Leadership Awards at irvine.org. And Paint Care. Through Paint Care, paint manufacturers make it easier for households and businesses to recycle leftover house paint with over 800 convenient drop off locations around California. Do you love learning about the San Francisco Bay Area? Its history, its people, its unique blend of cultures? Then you should check out the Bay Curious book. I'm Katrina Schwartz, editor and producer on the Bay Curious podcast, and I'm here to let you know that for the month of May, we've worked out a sweet deal for KQED podcast listeners. Right now, you can get the Bay Curious ebook for $1.99. That's right, $1.99. Just search for Bay Curious wherever you get your ebooks or find a link in our show notes. This offer does expire at the end of the month, though, so you'll want to act on it fast. Happy reading! Hi there, I'm Randa Fattah from ThruLine. If you're listening to this podcast, you know that KQED produces exceptional storytelling that keeps you informed, inspired, and entertained. Their podcasts cover issues from your neighborhood to the entire country and everything in between. Support this work today. You can help us continue to bring quality podcasts to your ears. Just head to donate.kqed.org slash podcast. That's donate.kqed.org slash podcast.